chapter 17, and we're looking at verses 7 through 17. I'll be reading from the NIV version, so it may be a little different from yours. The word of the Lord says in verse 7, Sometime later the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called and, and he called and bring me please a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said, but first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. Sometime later, the woman who, okay, I'm sorry, that's verse 16. We're stopping at verse 16 there. Our thought for this morning is water runs dry. We're still from our, speaking from our series, but we want to talk about this morning specifically, water runs dry. Say that with me, water runs dry. In the beginning of our text, this story commences with Elisha at the book Cherith. Remember, if you remember in the first part of our text, if you look in the first few verses, Elisha has gone to the king and he said to the king, he said, but at my word, there will be no rain these years. After saying that, God told him and sent him down to the brook and sustained him there at the brook. The water was flowing there at the brook, even though the famine in the land had already begun. And while he was being attended to at the brook, it says the ravens met him there. They brought him food. They, they brought him meat while he was there. And he then was sustained for his thirst by the brook. Well, at some point, it tells us here in our text in verse 7, that the brook dried up. And when I begin to think of the brook drying up, I begin from our text saying, from our theme, I thought for the morning that the water runs dry. And that's a statement, but it's not only a statement, but sometimes it can be prophetic. It's not saying in this moment water runs dry. It's making the statement that water at some point runs dry. At some point, the water dries up. And what I mean by that and what I think God is telling us in that is that some of the things that we depend on, they dry up. Some of the sources that we depend on, they run dry. 
I, I wish I had a witness who's had a source dry up. Has anything ever dried up in your life? Something that you were depending on. It may be a, a job. It may be a source of money. It may have been a person. It may have been a relationship. But at some point, that situation ran dry. And I think God is speaking to us through this text and putting these stories together that are already interconnected, that when the brook dried up, God told Elisha that he wanted him to move. He said, go down to Zarephath, and there I have a widow who will sustain you there. Now, what the Bible does not record, that does not record the time frame between the brook drying up and God speaking to Elisha. It also doesn't record the time frame as when God gave Elijah that word and Elisha complied with it. We don't know how long it took for God to speak, and we don't know how long it took for Elijah to comply. But I'm wondering how many of us are staying and remaining in a dried up situation. How many of us are trying to live off a source that is already dried up? How many of us are right there? Because, again, it does not tell us how long it took God to speak, and it does not tell us how long it took for Elijah to get up and go to Zarephath. And I'm feeling in, in, in my spirit, and God wanted me to speak this today, that some of us are staying in dried-up situations. God is no longer sustaining us right there, but we have refused to move. We have stayed there. When I thought of that, I began to think, sometimes we are committed to processes that no longer work. Some of us have, are, are, we have a commitment to doing the same thing, to looking for a process that no longer works. I know you do it because sometimes you punch the button on your remote and it doesn't work and you keep punching it. You, you, you're committed to a process that's not working. And before you put new batteries on it, you keep punching the button, then you might slap it a few times. But you're committed to a process that doesn't work. You might need new batteries. But before you try something different, you keep trying the process that's not working. You've gone to a vending machine and you kept pressing the button. And it didn't deliver your product, but you kept pressing the button. And you kept on pressing the button, even though it never delivered the product, because you were committed to a process that wasn't working. Some of us, we, we apply for promotions at our job. And we keep applying for promotions, but you never change your attitude. I'm, I'm applying, and, and I'm not getting it. And some of us, our mindset is, it couldn't be me. <laughs> it must be them. So I'm not going to change how I behave. I'm not going to change my attitude. I'm not going to change how I work. I'm just going to keep on applying for these positions until they figure out that they got it wrong. We're committed to a process that's not working. And it's not working, but yet we defend it. Don't let somebody tell you, well, maybe, maybe you need it. No, baby, it's not me. It's them. It's them. They need to figure out. And we will blame everything. 
It's because they want a person with a certain education. Maybe they want a person with so much experience. Maybe they want a person with a different attitude. And maybe you could be that person instead of being committed to an old process. Well, that's how I always am. That's how I always do it. Well, always being you ain't getting the job done. You're committing to a process that does not work. Why do they want to promote somebody who complains all the time? Why do they want to promote somebody who always has a frown on their face? Why, why do they want to promote somebody who always has negative things to say about the company? We're committing to a process that's not working. Maybe I need to change my process. Maybe I need to do something that is different. It's, a, it's like us carrying around a broken umbrella. And I bet somebody got a broken umbrella in your car right now. It's broken. It's like, it's, like it has a wounded wing on it. You keep using it. And you keep getting wet on one side. But you keep using that broken umbrella. You're laughing because I'm telling the truth. You're committed to a process that's no longer working. You're not, you're, you won't change the process, but you're going to keep on doing, and you keep on defending. Well, I, my, my great-grandma gave me this umbrella, and I, I'm just going to ride it out. You want a different result, but you're defending a process that does not work. And sometimes we give more energy in defending something that doesn't work when we should be spending that energy on changing our processes. You got, you, you got so much energy, you got so many words to, to defend that broken process, but then we, we don't want to change anything. It would be like Elijah going out with a stick and trying to hit one of the rocks, trying to get the water to run again. No, the brook has dried up, Elijah. It's time to change something. It's time to do something that's different. It's time to change the process. In fact, let me tell you, not only, was Eli- not only is many of us uh, committed to a broken process, look how committed the widow in this story was to her broken process. Her process was that her flower was about to run out. Her oil was about to run dry. But she was so committed to the process, she said, I'm going to stick to that same process. And I'm just going to make one cake for me and my son. And then we're going to die. Are you willing to die sticking to a broken process? That's, that's, that's how committed this widow was. She's like, this is what I always do, and this is how I always do things. So I'm going to keep doing the things that I always do, even if it kills me. My goodness. She's, she's, she's talking about being faithful unto death. She's faithful, so faithful to a broken process. She's willing to allow it to kill her. She's willing to die with that broken process. And and, and it puts in my mind that so many of us, we want changes to occur in our lives, but we want magic changes. We want a magic wand to, to occur in our life, and then we want to see changes, but we're not willing to commit to new processes. 
Maybe I need to do something different. That's how, that's how people who win the lottery still wind up broke. It's not because they didn't have enough resources. It's had, because they had broken processes. The process that said spend every dime you had and don't save any was still in their mind. And because they had a broken process, people are wondering, why, 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 how did you lose all that money? The reason they lost it is because their process was already broken. And you can dump as much money in a broken process as you want, and they'll still be broke. I dare say the person who, who, won, who won a million and went broke, if they don't change that broken process, you can give them another million, and they'll go broke again. Because their process is broken. We have to be willing to change our process if we want different results. Otherwise, we're stuck in the same old struggle. We're stuck in the same brokenness. So here, Elijah, he, he, the brook dries up, and God gives him a word. We're talking about broken umbrellas. The devil doesn't care if you have an umbrella if you never open it. The devil doesn't care that you have God's word if you never unlock it, if you never open his word, if you never apply his word to your life, because that's how you change the process. When I begin to apply God's word to my life, I am altering the processes in my life, which are broken. And I'm applying God's word to what I do, to how I behave, to how I act. Sometimes we, we, sometimes we talk about employees who keep changing jobs. At some point, you got to realize it's not the job. Come on now. Come in here with me. At some point, it is not the job. It's you. Sometimes even we'll go back to the remote. Some of you all take that remote and you punch in that button. And say, you know what you'll do? You'll hand it to somebody else and say, now you try it. <laughs> you try pressing the button. You didn't change the process. You just gave somebody else your broken process. <laughs> oh, I wish you get the power of that. Because then when you give somebody else your broken process, then they're going to start using what you had, which was already broken. And you know what you do? What? Listen to this. You know what you do? Not only do you press the button, you start pressing it harder. You're working harder in a broken process. You're working harder in a broken process. And you wonder why you're tired. You're tired because you're working harder using a broken process. Oh, that, see, see that, that, that's no longer the physical. It's not the physical thing that you're doing. That's a mindset. Because your mindset ought to say, I need to change what I'm doing. I need to change my approach on what I'm doing. And maybe if I change my approach, get this, maybe I won't have to work so hard if I change what I'm doing. And, you know, sometimes God will send disruption for the purpose of causing you to change your process. Let me say this again. Sometimes God will send disruption in your life. You might even call it a trial or a storm. But God sending disruption in your life to force you to change 
a broken process. He might have, God, no, point at your name and tell him God has something better. God has, yes, something better. So if I am open and willing enough to change my broken process, God is going to give me something that is better. I'll give you an example. Sometimes the, how, how disruption comes. We here at the church, we had an old checking account, and I think the bank just forced us to move it so they could give us a new number. <laughs> Our number was so old, they're like, nah, we're going to have to give you a new account number. Well, they give you a new account number, that changes everything. That's a disruption. So all the things that we had attached that were paying, it, it, it was disrupted because that account was no longer valid. So I, I, we were going through some things, and then I went through something, and then it got disrupted. In fact, Brother Ricky knows who I'm talking about, our prayer line. It was disrupted. They sent me a text and said it wasn't working right. Well, I knew why it wasn't working right. They changed our account numbers. I go to change the account number so that we can pay for it. And then you know what? They offered something that was 200% cheaper than what we were paying. Our, our, our finance offer is clapping over there. They, they were charged. The old system was charging $16 a month. The new system was $39 a year. That's a big difference. But they had to disrupt things. Get to, I want you to get this here. It had to be disrupted for it to get better. So sometimes we're crying because of the disruption, but what God is trying to do is make things better. Somebody point at somebody and say, God's sending you something. This is better. So the, the woman, and this is a point of recognition, this is a point of discernment. The woman sees Elijah, and in fact, Elijah sees her first. And when, she, when she's going to the gate, Elijah recognizes what this recognizes this is the person that God sent him to. But she's already in a desperate situation. If you're in a desperate situation, let me tell you something. You ought to be looking for something that's different. Oh, I wish I had some, some people who've been desperate before. When, when you're desperate, you're looking for an answer. You're, you're looking for a solution. You're looking for a change. You're looking, get this, for a disruption in your broken process. I'm going to the well to get water. But, but, but all she's doing is gathering just enough water to make two cakes so that her and her son can die. She should have been expecting something to be different. But then here comes the prophet. The prophet walks in and, and disrupts her life and disrupts her system of thinking. He disrupts the mathematics that she had already decided in her mind. Her math was, I get this water, I take the oil that I have left, I take the flour that I have left, and I make two cakes, and then I eat one, and my son eats one, and then we die. But while she's at getting some water at the well, the prophet says, give me some water. She's not worried about giving him water, because that's coming from the well. That's not a resource that's lacking. And let me tell you something. I'm trying to get you to recognize God's voice in your life. Sometimes God will ask you for something that you have no problem giving him. 
But then along the line, that's when God asks you for things that are hard. But then the next thing he asks you might be a little bit harder. But if you design the voice of God, it was God who was asking me for the water. So it's still God that's asking me for the flower. It's still God that's asking me for the oil. So when the prophet said, give me some water. And then he said, oh, by the way, make me a cake first. Uh, uh, this was a disruption that disturbed her mathematics. She's like, hold on, I, 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 need a, I need a fourth a cup of water, and, and, and I need a fourth a cup of oil, and, and, I, and I need a cup of meal to, to make me a cake, and then I, I'm going to split that in half and make a cake for my son too. Hold on, prophet, what you're asking me disrupts my mathematics. It disrupts what I'm already doing. It disrupts, get this, what I'm about to yield from what I figured out. But the prophet said, if you give me a cake first, he said, I'm not going to change your mathematics. He said, I'm going to change your formula. <laughs> your, 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 your formula is only going to yield enough for you to make a cake for yourself and a cake for your son. But I'm changing the formula. And my formula says if you give me a cake first, then he says the all will not fail. Y'all not going to help me here. And the meal will not be wasted. If you give me a cake first, I'm disrupting what you're thinking. But while I'm disrupting what you're thinking, I'm disrupting what you're expecting. I need you to get that. I'm not only disrupting uh, what you were thinking, but I'm also going to disrupt what you were expecting. Because he said your formula yields two cakes. My formula yields infinite oil. My formula yields infinite meal. And he said, if you do it like I said, he said, you will have meal, you will have oil until the rain shall come back in the land. Somebody put those hands together and give God some praise. Support so somebody and say, God is disrupting my expectations. Oh, come on, get me down. Say, God is disrupting my expectation. <laughs> Hallelujah. If somebody needs God to disrupt your expectations, come on, put those hands together and give God some praise. God is disrupting our expectations. But see, what, what we need to do is when God changes the formula, then our faith has to Expand. When God changes the formula, what I did expect has to change. My faith has to go to another level. See, some of you all listen to God, but you're expecting the same thing. <laughs> uh, you, 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 you prayed to God. Let me give you this. You prayed to God, but your expectation level did not change. See, see, you praying, Lord, help me keep this job. God's saying, I, I do exceeding abundantly above all that, that you can ask a thing. I need you to elevate your expectation. When I speak, when I change your formula, you got to elevate your expectation. Somebody say, I'm expecting more from God. 
I'm expecting more from God. See, the thing about some of our problems is that we speak one thing about what we want, and then we say bad things about ourselves. Somebody say, water your own plants. When, I, when, when, when you come here on Sundays, I'm not watering your plants. I'm telling you where the water is. <laughs> I, 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 I don't provide the water. God provides the water. But I can't water your plants. You, I'm telling you where the water is. So you can water your own plants. Point to somebody and say, water your own plants. I'm telling you where the water is, but, but then you going home and said, I can't do it. I, I'm a failure. I'm a disaster. I can't get things together. But the Bible says, if you open it like the umbrella, say that you are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. You're more than a conqueror through him that loved you. So when I speak that word over myself, I'm watering my own plants. I'm watering what God gave me. I'm telling you where the water is, but I need you to go home. When you look in the mirror in the morning, say, I will succeed. I am a conqueror. I am victorious. My name is victory. And whatever the devil sends my way, if I resist the devil, he has to flee because I'm everything that God says I am. Come on, put those hands together and give God the praise. Everybody standing on you. Hallelujah. 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 One thing, I need you to get this because God is so beautiful even in his language, even in the ideas and concepts that he expresses to us. Something that I've read this word several times, but God, just how he is, he reveals things to you at different times. Sundry times in divers matters. This, the word says God reveals himself to us. If you look at this text, it begins with Elijah at the brook. And it begins in verse 7 with the water running dry. It begins with the water running dry. But at the end, Joseph, give me verse 16. It begins with the water running dry. But if you look at verse 16 of the text, it says, For the jar of flour was not used up, and the jug of oil, what does it say? Did not. I wish y'all were here with me. The oil did not run dry. So what it's saying is telling you that water in your life, natural things, they dry up. But the oil, King James Version says the oil did not fail. The oil did not dry up. I'm telling you that you are a peculiar people. You are a holy nation that's been called out of darkness into the marvelous light. So even when the oil, when the water dries up, the oil will never fail. The anointing that God has put on your life, it does not fail. 
God selecting you as his people, it does not fail. I tell you every, all, I talk all the time on Sundays, sometimes you just need to look at yourself in the mirror and say, I'm a child of the King. I'm a child. I'm an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ. My designation to God does not change no matter what I do. No matter how far I am away from him, my designation to God does not change. Joseph and Justin and Brennan, I'm proud of them. I love them. But no matter what they do in their lives, they'll always be my children. That's always my daughter. That's always my son. No matter how far away they go, no matter what they do, no matter how they behave, that's, that's my son. That's my daughter. Their designation does not change. And what God is telling you is that you're my child. You're my daughter. You're my son. No matter how sinful we are, no matter how far away we are from his will, that oil does not dry up. That designation does not change. We still belong to God. We belong to him because he said, Jesus said, I have bought you with a price. Christ died for every one of us. And that means we belong to him. Somebody say, I belong to God. No matter how you feel, no matter where you are right now, no matter how you feel in your body, no matter how you have things straight in your mind, you still belong to God. My water might dry up. My resources might dry up. But that oil... It never dries up. It never fails because I still belong to him. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word on this morning. Your word that comes to remind us of our belonging, our debt that we have to you. Word that comes to challenge our thinking, to remind us to be more committed to you than we are to broken processes. Be more committed to your will than we are to where things used to be. More committed to you than being to committed to processes that used to work. Help us, Lord, to not lose sight of your life that guides us in the direction that we should go. Put aside the thoughts and those things that no longer work. Put aside those thought processes that no longer work, those mindsets that not are you. But Lord, let us commit to you, your will, and what you're calling us to do today. And Lord, we know that you'll bless us according to your word. You will give, have already given us the victory. Thanks be unto God who has already won the victory. Lord, let us walk in victory on this week. And let us give you the glory, the honor, and the praise for that which you've done. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise. For those of you who've been watching us virtually, we pray that you'll live victoriously until we shall see you again. I hope and pray that each of you were touched and inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by Giveify. Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line. And in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, 
You can mail us at Bright Temple, Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity, and we pray God's blessings on you and your gift.